I was so overcome, my heart was like really beating fast. I was like, I don't know if this is nerves because I'm about to speak or this is the Holy Spirit or what's going on. I think it was a bit of both. I only had two cups of coffee. Sometimes it's a mixture of all three. You get like nerves, anointing of the Holy Spirit and caffeine. <laughs> anyway, but um, yeah, it's, it's a, I just really feel God has something for you. I really truly believe Jesus wants to impart something into you of his life. And I, I say that because I, I preached this message phew, probably like five months ago. And, and, and I thought of you guys afterwards. Like I felt like this message is for you. But I've never been here. I mean, I know Julian. I know Dylan. It's nice to see you, Wayne. Um, but I mean, I haven't, I haven't known where the church is or anything. And, and sometimes, you know, when you get a thought and you think, oh, it's just a brain fart, just a thought, you know, and then it keeps coming back and it keeps coming back. So this is like five months later. I'm like, why does this thing keep popping into my head to give this message to Musenberg? So I, I, I saw Julian at the gathering and I said, listen, you know, I've got this thing. And he's like, cool, come. So thank you that, uh, for, for having me. And uh, I know he's was eager to preach something else, more powerful. <laughs> but, um, now, so last night I was, I was praying for you guys, and, and Jesus showed me a picture, and I'll probably start <laughs> crying when you think, you know, when, when God reveals his love for someone through you, you just get overwhelmed. You know, you ever, like, prayed for somebody, and then you feel the love of God for that person, and then you get all emotional. And he, he took me to the Last Supper, and, um, and those of you who don't know, like Jesus really longed to, to have Passover with his disciples. And, and the Passover bread that he was breaking was symbolic of breaking the curse of death over their life. And, and it was the new covenant and everything. And Jesus just showed me the expectation that he had. He was so excited to have this moment with his friends, the disciples, to break bread with him. Because he knew, and he was passing that bread out. So I brought some bread today. As he was passing that bread out, he knew that the power of death was going to be broken over his friends. And he knew as they took part of this bread, that his love would be complete in them. That they were going to take part of him, and he was going to dwell in them. He was like so excited, like, guys, you have no idea what's coming. You know, and that expectation that he had. And they had no idea what, you know, about the mystery that was being revealed at that time. And, and I just feel like that expectation God gave me for you. He just has this expectation expectation to meet with you in a powerful way. And so I'm, I'm preaching on the, the bread of life, which is Christ. And um, I'm going to talk a lot about food, okay? So we all love food. <laughs> we said, yeah. So I, I was trained as a chef, so I'm like really into food. I've been in the food industry for over 35 years um, with Kauai, those of you who don't know. I'll just throw it out there. <laughs> We got a new smoothie on sale if you want to come this week. No. No, so there's this fascination with food, and the world is like really obsessed with food. I mean, if you look, I don't know if I'm sure everyone's heard of Instagram. Yes? Yes, okay, we all know Instagram. Even the 60 year olds got Instagram. Uh, yeah. And what's amazing is, is Instagram has over 440 million images of food on it. So it's the most photographed thing of anything in their app and I mean even celebrities you know they take 
They take more pictures of their food than themselves. I mean, celebrities are quite self-obsessed and they love doing selfies, but like food is, you know. So there's this whole thing, this fascination with food. And, um, you know, our dogs are really fascinated and obsessed with food. I mean, you grab out the kibble in the morning and they're just like, yeah! I mean, it's just, our, we had this Doberman. It, was, it would steal blocks of butter off the table, steaks, the, the kids' sandwiches, hey? A whole chicken, yeah. Totally obsessed with food. And so, and people are also obsessed with food. You see anorexia is, is a massive thing, obesity. And so it's, it's all centered around people's relationship with food. But there's this fascination with food throughout the Bible. Even the Old Testament, you hear all the, the old feasts and, and the ceremonies and, and sacrifices and everything. And, and Jesus um, also speaks about food. Um, and he drew lots of parallels with food and drink with himself. You know, he said things like, like, you must eat of me and drink of me, or there's no life in you, you know? Eat my flesh, drink my blood. You know, this is crazy for those people to hear. That's like cannibalism, which means like death by stoning. You know, he's, he's saying very unusual things about food. And he said things like, I'm the true bread, you know? I'm, I'm the bread of life. And the disciples in one stage in the Gospels, they were making fish, and they said, come, Jesus, have something to eat. He says, no, I have food which you know not of. So there's all this conversation with food and revelation. Also talks about feasts and him having sup with you and, and coming and eating with you. So what, is this, what does this mean? And I just want to try to unpack it as much as well as I can. There was a mystery that was being revealed by him at the time. And it's a mystery he's revealing to us. Is that the kingdom that was external is now a kingdom within, which is eternal. And he was letting us know that he wants to dwell within mankind. And he wants to increase his life within mankind. Colossians 1 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Right? So that he wants to make his home within us and establish his kingdom within us. And by God's grace, he's chosen all of us to represent this kingdom. We're carrying the kingdom within. So there's no other way his kingdom will be made known. It won't be governmental people or politicians, or, you know, none of these people are going to fix the problems of this world. He's put his light and his gospel in us. And the transformation that happens in our life, people witness that and they see the truth because they see the fruit of God in us. So we, 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 <laughs> we God's plans for the earth. It's us, eh? He chose us. And um, yeah, we thank him for, for all his goodness and grace to, to see out his plan for this earth. I got an amen over there. Okay, so what role does the church play in this? How do we represent the kingdom? Well, firstly, the church is not a meeting. The church is not a building, although we, we do meet in buildings. The church is simply a group of people who are pursuing the growth and the development of the life of Christ within them. And wherever they meet, that's the church. If it's under a tree, like we got a Joshua church in Montague, they don't even have a building. They just... There's a tree, let's meet. Like, that's the church. Okay? And that's a beautiful thing, that we're carrying the life of God and the kingdom within us, wherever we go. And in Jesus' time, he had a very difficult task to shift mankind away from the church and the kingdom that they knew. All right? This ex external kingdom, and shifting them to receive the kingdom of God within. So let's have a look at um, when he taught on this. So if we could pull up John 6, 24. Just going to have a sip of water. 
So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, sorry, just some context. This is just after he fed the multitude, 5,000 people, all right, just performed a massive miracle. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you're not seeking me because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. He said, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? So this is very much the religious mindset of the people of the day. It's about doing to get, doing to become, um, instead of it being life-based now. So Jesus answered them, he said, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. And they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? Isn't this funny that they're asking for a sign after he's just performed this massive miracle and feeding 5,000 people? He says, what work do you perform? They said, our fathers ate manna in the wilderness it is, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So this manna that was given to them in the time of the Old Testament during Moses' time, that was their, they had no food. This was their only thing that gave them life, the only thing that could sustain them. And Jesus is basically saying that he wants to sustain our life with himself now. And when they heard this, they said, Sir, give us this bread always. Could be, yes, sir, give us this bread always. When they heard this, they want this. Like, Jesus, this thing you're talking about, this true bread, can, can we have this all the time now? Not like they had the manna in the desert. And you can hear from them, that's the cry of mankind. The desperation for a Savior, the desperation to, to be sustained by a, a new life. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me, shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. You will never hunger, and you will never thirst again. You will never thirst for another Savior. You will never have a hunger if you've encountered the living God. He's, he's filled the void. You're, every one of us is created with this God-sized holiness that only He can come in. And if that isn't filled and you're here today and you don't feel fulfilled with his life, then there's an opportunity to receive his life today. There was an invitation earlier. I don't know if that invitation still stands for some of you who were on the fence or wanting to respond, but we'll create an opportunity for you afterwards. See, nothing in this world will give you the sense of belonging and fulfillment and identity as God filling you. I often, often tell like, people and evangelize to them, I said, like, you know, when you, when you have a steak for supper, you don't want another steak because you're full. You've, when you've found Christ, you're, you're fulfilled. You don't need to look into anything in this world, to partying, to drinking, whatever, girls, guys, whatever it is that this world is offering, nothing will fulfill you like him. And so we as Christians, we are called to be eaters and drinkers of him, not just to receive him, and receive his salvation and then be done and fixed up and off we go. 
But like John 6, and I'm not going to teach on that, but you can read in John 6, it talks about this continual feeding and abiding. It's a continuation. And for many people, it's so abstract. It's like, how do we feast on Jesus and feed and drink of him? And how, how does it look, you know, especially like young believers and kids, you, you know, because it's, um, it's something that happens in, in your prayer closet with him. And so I want to give you guys practical examples today of, of like, how do we take part in this bread? Firstly, it's by feasting on his word. It's very basic, you know. He says... Um, what does he say? He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word comes from the mouth of God. So he feasts on his word. And secondly, it's meeting with him in the spirit by faith. And that's something, um, it feels awkward because you could be in your room and you're like, okay, I'm coming to this God, I can't see, you know. And you want to commune with him and you want to draw from him. And it takes perseverance because in your mind, you know, it's like your soul and it's like busy with thoughts and things. And it really have, takes perseverance and faith to push through that, to get to a place where you really become one with him. That's, that's his desire, to be one with him. And a lot of times we come into pray and we have these, a lot of needs and we have these prayer lists or we feel condemned and we need to repent and do all this stuff. We do all this stuff when we spend time with him. But much of the time he just wants to impart his life. He just wants to be with you and you just to hang in his presence and absorb who he is. You know, I could sit with my wife and be so content just to sit with her. I don't have to confess a bunch of stuff or pray and, and talk and talk and talk. We could just be so content being one with each other. We're one flesh. And he wants us to enjoy that, that type of intimacy and, and draw from him. We need his spirit. We need to feed on him. I often just go, God, I'm so drained. I'm so sad from this week or this year or whatever. Like, I need your spirit because in myself, I've got nothing. I need a massive top up. And we need to come to that place where we, we're drawing from him. Often we feel like we always need to like praise and like do stuff. And it's like our religious mindset. But I mean, there is a place for that. But often we're not receiving from him enough. We're not being fed by him enough. And, and Jesus, I mean, he ultimately wants to fill you with himself, and he wants to bring you in to the relationship that he has with the Father. That's, his, that's the cry of his heart. If you read John 17, that's, that's the real Lord's prayer. It's not like we have some second-level, low-rate relationship, and then Jesus has this really like a mega nice relationship with the Father. He wants to bring us into that same love and intimacy, the same quality of relationship that he has with the Father. And um, I'd like to do, a, uh, I'd like to talk about communion and just do a demo here. Can anyone tell me what the, uh, the five senses are? Five human senses. Okay. Taste? Touch, smell, hear, see. Okay, I think we nailed it. Okay. <laughs> so if I look at this piece of bread, this is a nice uh, sourdough, and I, I could feel it's soft. Okay. Huh? Who was the hungry? Who asked for the food earlier? Was it one of you? You, yeah. Okay. And I can, I could smell it. I mean, it's just like got this engaging aroma. 
I could, I could, I can actually hear this, this nice crust. It's fully baked and everything. I think that covers it all. But the taste, they say taste is the, the superior sense. So why is taste so much more superior than all the other senses? Because when you take and eat, it becomes a part of you. It becomes one with you. And this is, this is what he's portraying in his communion. Take, eat. I'm going to be one with you. I want to dwell within you. I want my kingdom established within you. That you can experience the, the fullness of me. Often we think like, you know, communion, you know, we get in a time of confession and repentance and, you know, we, we value what he has done. But he's saying, saying, eat of me. I want, I want to be in you. It's a reminder. So when we take communion, take this with you guys. Take it. it's, a, it's a practical thing. Whenever you eat that cracker, I'm like, yes, the kingdom within. I'm spitting now. <laughs> take some bread, pass it around. Yeah. Can we pull up Revelation 3, 19? This is the great invitation of our Lord. He says, those whom I love, I, repu- I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him. Right? Listen to the language. I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. This is actually a mega scripture. It's actually a teaching on its own. I'm just going to try to make a point here. He says the one who conquers. Some revelation talks about the one who conquers or overcomes. Is, is the person who really overcomes the self-life. Right? We overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and we love not our life even unto death. Okay? Jesus overcame himself. Lord, take this cup from me. He cried out in the garden, but not let my will be done but yours. Nevertheless, Lord, we have to have the attitude of a selfless life. And everything that this world offers wants to feed the self-life. So the one who conquers... I will grant him to sit with me on my throne. So there's no way God is going to let some self-willed person rule over nations sitting on the throne with him. That, that, is, our, that is our destiny. This is, this is Revelations 3. I mean, the call on your life is to join him on his throne ruling over nations. So we need to allow a maturity. We need to allow a filling to happen within us. If you, you know, the, uh, we always talk about Ephesians 4.12. My favorite scripture is Ephesians 4.13, where it says, all this equipping, the equipping of the saints, all the apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, all those guys, it's for the building up of the church, the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry, so that we all come to the level, the maturity, the full stature of the Son of God, the full stature, the full measure of Christ. That's like, that's a, that's a lot of fullness. That's a... <laughs> You know, if I look at my own life, I'm very far off the mark. But this is where God is taking us. So we can't resist the call of God and the, the vision that he has for us. Because it's this place. He wants us to sit with him and rule on his throne. It's like we can't even imagine what that is like. But the, 
What is our response then? It's to simply not resist the growth and the development of the life of Christ within us. Amen?